Hello, welcome to the next exclusive version of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I'm really, really super excited for this one. A man who will have an incredible insight on behind the scenes at Norwich City, former assistant manager, and of course, proud Geordie boy, Lee Clark. Lee, firstly, thank you so much for coming on. How's it going with you? No problem, Chris. Yeah, things are going well. Um, you know, still keep an eye out for to see how uh, things are going down at Norwich, Norwich City. Had a great year there, the football club. So delighted to see them back in the Premier League and, and, and earning lots of plaudits for the type of football they're playing. Good man. That is exactly what I like to hear, first and foremost. So you can you can come on more often with an attitude like that. <laughs> who's, impressed, who's impressed you so far seeing Norwich in the Premier League? Who's impressed you? Who's your favourite player for Norwich at the moment? Well, obviously, the cookie stands out, doesn't he, at the moment because of his goals. But, you know, uh, Todd Cantwell, um, you know, there's, there's many different players. I think the recruitment over the last few years has been very impressive. And uh, the players have took to the Premier League really well. And, you know, they seem to be handling uh, the step up really well. And mm-hmm. the, as I said, not not just the team earning plaudits, some of the individuals are as well. And uh, that could be the problem for Norris, couldn't it? Holding on to some of these players who are catching everyone's attention now. Don't say that, Lee. Come on, let's keep this cheery. We're going to try <laughs> that's and keep no, all of these. That's, 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 what, that's what the football world's uh, like, know, isn't it? I Unfortunately, <laughs> it, it, there's been this, this is a good saying, you can't hate good players and you can't hate bad players. So when good players are of the... Uh, performing a <laughs> level like some of, the, some of the Norwich lads are they're, uh, they're going to attract attention of other clubs but you I know, love that I, I, would, I would assume that uh, the players are enjoying um, being part of, part of it around the club at this moment in time you know Absolutely. I tell you what, they definitely are, Lee. They're thriving up here. Just, Lee, before we get into the, the Norwich stuff, actually, I want to I want to take this back, actually, probably right to the beginning, if that's okay with you, because I didn't I don't even realise why, but I didn't realise that you were you were part of Kevin Keegan's Newcastle side that obviously came touching distance of the of the Premier League, right? Um, 261 appearances, 27 goals. I think it's fair to say you're a Newcastle legend. What was it like playing for such a huge club like Newcastle? Well, as you say, we were part of an era that, um, you know, the last time the club won anything was uh, what was called the Fairs Cup in, in, in uh 1969 so and that's like the Europa League now so they're the last team that's done anything really 50 years ago and uh, we were the ones who came closest to winning it winning a trophy we got promoted from the championship to the Premier League and um, we took the Premier League by storm really we we never in in our era during Kevin Keegan's time we never finished lower than sixth and we were always challenging to uh, be be there for to win the league especially in 96 when we were 12 points clear at one stage and, and didn't wow. end up winning it what was it like working under Kevin Keegan because you just see him you see his famous interviews as this really up and atom inspirational guy what was he like to work under behind the scenes absolutely like that just you know very um, motivational very enthusiastic uh, very passionate drilled that across to his players had unbelievable belief in his players uh, never worried about the opposition as much. Was always worried about what his team was going to do, and in the way that we played the game as well, we entertained the fans as well. So I think we got the nickname from Sky Television as the entertainers because I think we ended up being everyone's favourite second club. So uh, just a shame that that year we didn't we didn't finish it off with winning the Premier League, which would have been fantastic because not many people get the chance to say they've done that. You know, with Man United's dominance. 
And then obviously Man City's dominance now. And so there's only a few other clubs, Blackburn being one and Leicester, obviously, <laughs> not long ago. So to have that opportunity to go and yeah. get so close and not do it was, was, was obviously tough. Pretty incredible though, right? It's still absolutely incredible. It's funny actually that you should talk about being the entertainers and being everyone's second side because that that's very much what I, I, I get the vibe of that a lot of the Premier League clubs are seeing Norwich now and, you know, absolutely. you know, bringing the game to the opposition and yeah, playing yeah. our way and not worrying about who we're coming up yeah, against, yeah. which some people are saying naive. But I mean, obviously, Lee, you know, you're a manager, you've been an assistant manager as well. When you... When you go out, when you go at a, a team, you know the week before, and you're like, right, Man City are coming to town. Do you park the bus? Do you do something in between, or do you play your way? What do you do? Well, it all depends what 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 the setup is. I mean, I think as I've said here, the, the key for me with Norwich is their recruitment over the last few years um, has been has been exceptional. So what they've allowed themselves to do is go and try and take these teams on and if the there's obviously got to be a, a sense of realism as well you go to the Etihad and you're not going to go there and just play front foot football and try and take them on and beat them because you know you'll leave yourself wide open at the back but I, I don't think they'll go with any of the Norwich teams the way the, mm. the, the head coach is there now I, and what I've seen from his teams I don't think he's going to completely park the buses this year but I think he'll be uh, looking to have a, a good defensive basis but also be a threat um, as an attacking side and I think that's why everyone's enjoyed watching them play I think uh, obviously a couple of weeks ago they were very very impressive uh, against Newcastle, the, the one you know, comfortably oh, yeah. sorry, that day. Sorry about that, Lee. No, that day, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's uh, we, we accept that one. I mean, it, it was probably the best thing that happened because I think Steve got a few home truths into the yeah. Newcastle players and they've, they've performed quite well since then. Obviously, went to Spurs and got that brilliant result. So I was going to say, Lee, actually, on on the note of we'll, we'll go modern day Newcastle just for a minute. You've gone a wee bit down my line, but I love that. Um, what do you make of the situation? Honestly, what do you make of the situation going on at Newcastle right now? Because I'm sure Newcastle fans will be fascinated to hear your opinion of it. Do you think that Steve Bruce has got an impossible job to turn it around there with the ownership issues? What do you think? Well, it's not easy, but I, 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 I certainly understand why he's took it. I mean, for any Geordie to be offered that opportunity is a, is a great opportunity. and you, you don't always get the chance to pick... Uh, when you can go there or who who the owner is and this, that and the other, you know, you might only get offered that opportunity once. I know Steve got offered it earlier in his career and he felt it wasn't right and he, he all, I think he always regrets that. So when it came back this time, I just think that um, it's a tough one for him because I think everyone wants him to be successful. He's a local guy, um, born and bred in, in the city and mm. everyone wants him to do well, but there's so much... Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much turmoil and uh, between the fan base and the and the owner and the ownership. It's uh, it's 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 muddy in the waters. Really, it's proven difficult for the managers and the, and this coaching mm-hmm. staff and and the players. Really, there you know the, there's a bit of hostility because they feel that the the owner hasn't uh, invested in the club in the right way. Uh, either in the playing side and and obviously in the infrastructure with the training facilities. So. Um, it, it's a tough one. I just, I, I hope he does. I hope Steve does become successful because I, I think everyone who supports the club wants to see them become successful. And obviously, I know Steve well personally, and I'd like him to be, you know, that man that mm. gets it right. So, you and know, they, they've got a. It must be a really fascinating 
um, dilemma for you actually because you're you've you've been a player, you're a Geordie boy, and you're a fan. So it's almost you've you've got three things spinning, and it must be really difficult for you to to be in that situation because obviously you've been a player, so you know what it's like from the player's point of view. Um, you've obviously been in that assistant manager manager role there as well. Yeah. It just, I mean, for example, if that was my football club, like Newcastle is yours, I would be so frustrated. So I do really, really feel sorry for the Newcastle fans at the moment. No, they just, I just, I think everyone just thinks that there could be a bit more investment in the team and give the players who are there currently and who've been there over the last two years or so under Rafa Benitez a little bit more help because I think if they could get... Uh, a bit more quality signings in. There could be the difference between them, you know, uh, having these annual relegation battles, which they escape in the second half of the season, and we could do without that kind of stress. We could just do with yeah. trying to challenge for a top ten place, maybe, you know, and then then can we build on that and challenge for a European yeah. spot? But at this moment in time, it's uh, it's difficult. You, you you do need to, unfortunately, the. We are the Premier League. You do have to spend money. You do have to keep up with trying to, uh, to to be competitive. I mean, no Newcastle fans expecting them to be challenging a Manchester City or a mm, Liverpool or a sure. Chelsea. We know that's going to cost a hell of a lot of money and take a hell of a long time. But what they want to be challenging is the teams in in the middle of the table who mm. are pushing to break into the top 10 and things like that. So, so that Norwich game was a big loss then, wasn't it, really, Lee? You shouldn't be losing to teams like Norwich, really. Well, I, I, I don't. I would disagree a little bit. I think you're doing okay. yourselves a little bit of a disservice. I think uh, I know you're newly promoted, but you've got, a, as I said, you've got a very impressive squad, and obviously your, your head coach is doing a brilliant job. So I think that. I appreciate uh, that. I think it's no. I, I don't. I think a lot of teams will go to Carroll Road and find it difficult this season, without a doubt. I Good. think uh, <laughs> you know. No, listen. I think um, you know this. The, what you've got to do, you've got to just when you get back into the Premier League, you've got to you've got to stabilise yourself for a year or two. When you can get what happens when you do that, you you get those crazy uh, television monies and that come through mm. into the club, and then what the club can do, start using that money to invest in the squad even more than they have been and what it does is it's sometimes difficult to attract that band of player when you're a newly promoted team because they yeah. you know the players that you're probably looking at might think well they've just come up there might be a chance in a relegation battle I don't really want to go there so if you've mm. stabilised it and and consolidate in the Premier League for a year or two. The players then that you can target the next level of players yeah. will think, well, Norwich, yeah, they've spent a couple of years in the Premier League now. Yeah. You obviously have more finance because you've been you have more finance because you've been you've stayed in the Premier League over a period of time. So I think that's the key for Norwich this year, and then you can try and build on it in terms of um, you know the f- extra finance that you have, and you, you go for the different level of player. Then you, you then you can make that step. Can we try and get away from? Maybe he's been the mid table. Can we then try and push on? And uh, so that, that that's the key, you know. But I think it's so far so good. Like I said, I think uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of teams go to Car Road this year and not not find it mm. easy at all. Well, that is music to my ears, Lee. Lee, I tell you what's really interesting, actually, because you, you you've said about the lack of investment at Newcastle, considering they're one of, I think they're in the, something crazy like the top twenty richest clubs in the world, or something. I read the other mm-hmm. day, possibly even higher than yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of people have criticised Norwich City for not spending enough money this season. They've called us naive. We've only spent, it was rumoured to be 1.5 million, uh, top signing, Sam Byram, £700,000. That's it. Are you uh-huh. look at, are you looking at that 
quite worried as someone that's been associated with Norwich City? Uh, no, not personally. I think I think I looked when I watched the uh, the whole match, the footage of Norwich v Newcastle. I've seen a I've seen a very accomplished and more than good enough Premier League squad there. So no, I don't think. I think uh, there's there's different ways to to get the job done, as they say. And I think um, you know the club have have got a balanced view on what they're trying to do and who they're trying to sign and. You know they're not going to be, as I said, early part of the Premier League uh, recovery. Is they're not going to be spending crazy money that's going to put them into problems if the if there was a situation where they were to go back down. I think that they're getting the club on an even keel and getting everything sorted in the right way. That's exactly what I like to hear, Lee. I just I need to go back. Let's let's go back again. We're all over the shop, but I love it. Let's go back to your playing career again. There's one part of your career that fascinates me, which is the time that you crossed the divide to Sunderland <laughs> and you helped them get promotion back to the Premier League. But yes. as as a Newcastle fan, what was that like? Because I tell you what, if I was a player for Norwich. And and Ipswich difficult came to play along. for Ipswich. Uh, t- well, yeah. Difficult, yeah, Lee. It's, in, Lee. it's impossible. <laughs> I wouldn't. Br- I wouldn't breathe in Ipswich. I tell you. So, what what was it yeah. like for you doing that? No, no, no problems. I, there was no um, issues off the field either. I mean, Sunderland fans took to us. I was the player of the year two years on the row. Um, I was enjoying my football. I was playing for a manager I had massive respect for, and Peter Reid. I was with a great group of players, myself, Kevin Phillips, Niall Quinn, uh, Michael Bridges, uh, Alan Johnson, Nicky Summerby, Michael Gray, Kevin Ball, Thomas Sorensen. We had a good group of players, you know, so... Um, and uh, we, were, we were a good side. We were a very, very good side. I, I, you know, I had one of my worst moments in football when we lost the playoff final, that infamous one against Charlton, after yeah. I'd finished 4-4 and went to penalties. So that was my worst ever feeling as a footballer, losing that day. Really? It only ever got matched. It only ever got matched when I lost in a playoff final when I was manager of Huddersfield Town. So um, you didn't get too much stick then for being in, for, for being a Newcastle boy playing. for No, Sunday. I used to go back. I used to go back to St James's and watch Newcastle play when I when I could. And uh, friendly banter never got over the top. Good. It never got serious. The I was I'm just I was just a footballer who whoever I played for I give I give everything and once I went across to Sunderland there was no there was uh, never any worries about me doing the job to yeah. the best of my ability and then uh, but obviously when we got when Sunderland got promoted back to the Premier League I had a dilemma because I couldn't really see myself playing for Sunderland against Newcastle yeah yeah exactly in the Premier League and that's when I had to make a decision to to move on you know so. Um, I never, I never had myself in that position where I had to try and where I was playing for Sunderland against yeah. Newcastle because I'm not too sure how that would have went down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't have gone too well, Lee. And then an, another kind of uh, very, very interesting part of your career, and I'm not sure if this is the part that you'd credit to kind of kicking off the the sort of managerial side of things, but it's it's correct in saying that you worked under Big Sam at Newcastle, right? Yes. And 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 how yeah. was that? Because it is he as scary as everyone makes out. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a giant of a guy. He's very very forward thinking in his approach. 
uh, with like sports science and dietary stuff and stuff like that. He had a, a huge team. Um, it was just unfortunate. Uh, with Sam, he, he was brought in by the the old chairman Freddie Shepard, and a couple of months later. Uh, Mike Ashley bought the club, so Mike didn't really have an allegiance to Sam in terms of he wasn't the one who brought him in. So a couple of months down the line, and obviously the fans had got a bit of disenchanted as well. Uh, they um, they moved Sam on, you know. So, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't plain sailing because obviously Mike had a hold of it. Then Mike Ashley, and you know, as we well know, he's he's made many. Uh, managerial changes interesting some decisions interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah some interesting ones to say the least yeah uh, big sam is the kind of guy that i could imagine at half time if his team is draw or losing just like kicks the trolley over is he that kind of <laughs> or is that you lee uh, i can no, imagine you being like that as well actually lee to bit, be of, fair. Bit, of, bit of that bit of both yeah bit of both but i think <laughs> you know sam as i said he was a, it was more um footage it was as i said he had a team of analysts who were dissecting all the previous clips of the game of the first half so he'd come in at half time and he'd have footage of the players of what he didn't like that they hadn't been doing or positive clips so it was all you know high tech in terms of what he was showing them and it was live footage as well so the odd time he had to he had to lose his temper but I didn't see it that didn't see it that too often to be honest I tell you what I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him that's no, for sure. no no you or you or you by the way sure. or you by the <laughs> way <laughs> um, Lee obviously we've now got to you know talk about what we're all here for which is your time as assistant manager at, at Norwich of course um, alongside Glenn Roder um, mm-hmm. who, who's got a very very um, mixed response should we say from Norwich fans some fans thought he, he did well some fans absolutely hated him it's fair to say um, uh-huh. f- first of all um, talk me through the process of coming on board to Norwich City and, and what, what were your first kind of uh, thoughts and opinions of our football club well, obviously, Glenn, I would work under Glenn when he was manager in Newcastle as well. So when he got the job and he offered us opportunity to become assistant manager, um, and I was just a coach at Newcastle, I wanted to, always knew I wanted to get into the management side. So I'm, it was a step up, really. Obviously, the club was in, uh, not in a great position. We're bottom of the championship at the time. And uh, the remit was that season, keep, keep, keep the club in the championship, you know. I got down there and... Um, I found a brilliant football club, uh, brilliant loyal support, as terrific training ground at the time. Everything that we needed, uh, you know, was given to us in terms of to try and help the team stay up. Uh, you know, Deal and Michael, great people to, to work for. And uh, we did, we got the job done. I think with about three or four games to go, we beat QBR at Carroll Road 3 0 to to keep the club in the championship which yeah. had looked a tough ask at first it was only I think nine points from a certain number of games and we arrived yeah but it was just a it's just an impressive club I just I had a great I was there exactly yeah I had a great year there um you know and unfortunately you know when I'm when I moved on I think it was just before Christmas time um that uh they, they, they went on a little bit of a bad run, I think, and mm. getting relegated that season, I think, uh, before Brian took over. Yeah. Brian Gunn, I think, and then, uh, but nah, absolutely loved me time. Uh, as I said, always look out for the results. My family moved down there with us. Um, they enjoyed the area. We loved the mm. city. Yeah, loved the city. It was great, and you know, kids schooled there, and, and just had a had a real, real good, good year there. Look back on it. 
with fond memories. You and, know? and ideally as well, because as we said offline, but uh, before we came before we came live, I used to love playing on the on the pitch after the game with with your mm-hmm. with your family. I used to love that. So I, I I'm very appreciative and very grateful. For that. No, so it was a, you, it was it was a very uh, family orientated football club that you know that the the. the really looked after the children and all the children of the players and the staff and they were always welcome under the pitch after the game and into the offices and obviously around the training ground so no, it was a no, real uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mm. you know delighted that it's been part of my career because it's a, it's a great it's a fantastic football club definitely and as I said beautiful part of the world to live even though it's a nightmare to get to <laughs> <laughs> from from up here in the northeast. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It really is. I've got to go to Blooming Bournemouth soon, so don't say that. Um, <laughs> Lee, uh, I think it's fair to say that your time at Norwich could be described as turbulent because obviously kept us in the league and then obviously went on that bad run. But but honestly, from your point of view, what, what did you make of your time at Norwich? Can you, can you, can you well, say, you, you know, you did we well? Didn't- it was difficult because we didn't have a um, a lot of finance in terms of we ended up loaning too many players, in my opinion. I agree with that. Definitely. We had a lot of we had a lot of loans, but we weren't in the market to really buy players. The mm. finances weren't particularly great, and then the next thing you've got to do to try and change it. And what happens when you get loan players? Some some are impressive in the work, but then other ones don't don't happen. They don't work out for you. And if you sign too many, they like. You know, do the you get loan players who buy into the club and they treat themselves as a as a, cl- a player of that club, but you get other loan players who think, oh, well, the results don't really matter because I'm not. This isn't my parent club. I'll be going back to them mm, at the end yeah. of the season or whatever. So after the first year when we done that, then we had to still carry on doing it in the second season. Um, and as I said, when I'd left in the December, and then they went on that really awful run mm. in the in the new year. Uh, meant that they were really struggling in terms of um, staying in, in, in the championship, you know, you which any, was a shame. Lee, do you have any regrets at your time at Norwich? None at all, no. None at all. Uh, it just is, obviously, if I went into management, I wish, you know, there had been an opportunity for me to to be the manager there one day. I know I had to, uh, I only left, I wouldn't have left to go to another coaching role. I wouldn't have left to go to another assistant manager's role. I only left because I got offered that manager's job at Huddersfield. And so, you know, it was always going to take something exciting like that for us to, for me to, to, to do it. I tell you what, Lee, you've touched on something there that again, again, you've, you've skipped down my questions a few, but I'm absolutely happy with that. Cause after Paul Lambert left Norwich to go to Aston Villa, you were pretty heavily linked with becoming the next Norwich manager. Was there anything in that at all? Um, I don't think so. Never got to the stage where there was an interest officially made to myself or my agent. Okay. Because uh, I would have I would have absolutely snapped the hands off if that had been the case, if someone had been offering us that job. Because what I knew about the club, I knew, you know, full house every week at Carroll Road, the training facilities, terrific. Uh, you know, a good academy, good uh, good club for bringing young players through, good catchment area, and obviously the, the city itself. So, no, I never got to the stage where anything was official, but if it had been an opportunity, I would have definitely taken that. Well, it's good to get that one cleared up because it was interesting, wasn't it? It was a bit of a managerial merry-go-round, wasn't it? Because then Chris Hewton 
left Birmingham at that point to come to Norwich and then you took the Birmingham job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was all, uh, it was all happening. And um, so, yeah. Lee, what was your highlight from your time at Norwich? If you could pinpoint a single game, would you? Oh, just the day, that day we beat QPR 3-0 at Carroll Road to, to secure yeah. the status because there was a lot of pressure and it's, uh, you, do, you don't want your club to, 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 to get that position of, of suffering relegation and not when there's so many good people at the football club, you know, mm. from Delia and Michael down over to, to the people who worked in mm. behind the scenes in the offices are fantastic people. So, And the fans obviously you know, used to pack out Carroll Road all the time. They were loyal. Because so, I uh, remember particularly from your time at Carroll, my, my highlight was actually really early doors. I'm not sure if it was the first game that you guys had taken over or your second when it was Ipswich at home. Yeah, yeah, and I think at, it was our second game. Yeah, yeah and, and Lee Croft scored that 25-yard pile two, two driver. Draw. Was it a 2-2 two, two draw? Was, it, no, 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 we definitely beat them. Come on, come on, Lee, we always beat them. We always beat those. Right. You, you, right. Were the, you were the ones that started that run. That ten-year yeah. undefeated run. Uh, no, that, that was a particular <laughs> highlight of mine. Absolutely, um, absolutely love that. Yeah. Lee, just a, just a word on um, on Dealer and Michael because a lot of people, as we've discussed already with Mike Ashley at Newcastle, for example, a lot of people get de- give Dealer and Michael a hard time for you know not splashing the cash or not being the richest owners in the world. But for for my personal point of view, and I'm not sure if you agree with this, do you think we're lucky to have fans that are the owners of our football club? Well, look, they care so much about the club. And I think it's a it's a tough one to label on them that they don't spend enough cash. If they, you know, they're not up there with uh, the type of owners that are at other other clubs. You know what I mean? And these these are just a a, a couple who've uh, you know earned mm. their personal wealth and try to help the local football club really. Um, and and that's what they've done. But they've always said that they didn't have or they don't have the type of uh, funds available to them. Like you know. Even a Mike actually or whatever, you know, who's a who's a billionaire. So, and and I think they've done it in the right way. They've tried to they've tried to do it right, and um, you know, develop players and, mm. and make profits there. But they've never let it go. You know, they've never let it be into the um, det- detriment of the football club. I think the fans still go. They're proud of the stadium. It's a lovely stadium. Absolutely. They're proud of the, the training facilities. You know, the infrastructure at the club. Absolutely. So I think it's uh, in in a way, it's a, it's a good thing. You know. Lee, who was the best player you worked with at, at Norwich? If you could pick out one, well, or the two. best best player in terms of uh, the whole package and his character, uh, and we had him his latter time in his career because he retired at the end of our first season was Dion Dublin, right? A terrific guy, a brilliant professional, a great example to the younger professionals, and even though he was at the twilight of his career. He still had some. He was you know, exceptional for us, wasn't he? You still, know, still had some great, front, some know. great contributions for the football oh, club, and brilliant. it was he, he was just a superb uh, lad to, to 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 coach and, and be around. He was he was brilliant, and there was obviously, you know, some some young players. You know, where you, uh, you, you see how they've gone on and they've, they've done well. We had Ryan Bertrand on loan, if you remember. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, so Kieran Gibbs. And uh, obviously, from my own managerial point of view, being down in Norwich helped me secure one of my best ever signings when, when I took Jordan Rhodes from Ipswich Town to uh, Huddersfield Thanks for, for, that, a by nominal, the way. for a nominal fee and uh, sold him for 
Mega money. I would later like on, to but it, was say... it was only because I spotted him when he played <laughs> against Norwich's youth team at the training ground, and I knew about Jordan. So if I hadn't have been down that part of the world, I mightn't have got. Uh, I mightn't have knew too much about him. Lee, I would like to say on behalf of every single Norwich City fan, thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you very much for doing that. We do, we do like um, disrupting Ipswich a little bit. Um, <laughs> Lee, look, as I've already touched on, uh, I'm not even joking around now. I wouldn't mess with you. I think you're a bit of a hard nut. Was there a time behind the scenes, you know, after any particular poor performance that you can remember where you kind of kicked off a bit at the Norwich players? Because <laughs> I can imagine you didn't take any Yeah, prisons. I remember, I remember um, I was very, very upset when we lost it to uh, Portman Road. Um, I think it was a heavy defeat as well. It was the second season, so that I was there and we were really poor on the day and it was just... It was a type of performance that you don't like to be involved with with your team in a local derby match because what you should have, at least in that type of game, is passion and desire. And we were a little bit flat. So, um, yeah, there was, you know, the players were told in no uncertain terms that it was unacceptable. And that, they agreed. They, were, they knew it, was, it wasn't rolled. right. Heads rolled. I'm sure <laughs> heads rolled. Yeah, yeah. Lee, um, you know, obviously, you, you you leave Norwich. Don't need to talk about that too much, really. What what I'd like to go on to now, if it's okay with you, is your your spell at Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. That unbeaten run, forty three yeah, games, forty three games, yeah, forty three games unbeaten. I mean, that's yeah. exceptional. I mean, uh, Huddersfield. Talk to me about that 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 experience with them. Well, it was just new because uh, uh, there was a new owner. A guy called Dean Hoyle, who ended, who was a fan also of the club, but like Delian Michael, who'd done well in his personal life and his business and bought the club, and now was his first appointment. And we had a wet black and blank canvas, really. That none of the players were worth any value. Uh, there was no training ground. Uh, the, the manager's office had no resemblance to a football manager's office at the club or whatever. So we changed it around and we decided that we were going to. Um, target young hungry players with quality and you know invest in those players and spend you know a little bit of transfer fees on them but knowing that they would could grow and develop with a club and add value off on the pitch in terms of their mm-hmm. personal value but also do well for the club and in 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 getting it through the leagues and it we we obviously did that we got my first full season got to the semi-final to the playoff and got beat by a real strong Millwall side and then the second season lost to Peter Bryan the actual final and then the third season when I was there we were third top when I got relieved of my duties in, in the February you know so and then Simon Grayson took over my squad and, and, and the one via the playoff final so but we'd obviously the, a lot of the players that we had took into the club uh, did the job yeah, I mean, obviously one of them that you guys will know really well, my favourite player, but we actually sold him to you with a broken ankle, was Anthony Pilkington. Yes. Uh, who yes. I signed from Stockport for, for a, you know, a small, about £200,000. You signed him actually with a, still, he hadn't played a game since breaking and dislocating his ankles. So he scored a very his... famous goal for us, Lee, against Manchester United at home mm. when we beat them. So again, thank, uh, he thanks was for a, passing he, that on. He, he, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, another one. I was the manager at Birmingham when you sang Nathan Redmond from us. So some players that uh, have, have gone. Thank you to... for that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of thank yous in this. Leah, tell you what is. I, I mean, f- f- forgive me if this is a bit too pressing, but one of the things I've noticed is that 
you've had a hell of a ride in in your managerial career already. You know, Huddersfield, Birmingham, Blackpool, Bury. Mm. These are football clubs that you know have been on roller coaster rides. Yeah, you must be knackered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, the Blackpool ones always was a was a poor choice from myself. I think I dived into that one too quickly after losing my job at Birmingham with something to prove. And mm. uh, actually, the things were a lot worse than they seemed at the front. Yeah. I mean, at the front of the club, they were, they were struggling. They only had four points or something from 14 games. And I thought, well, if I can get in there and just keep these up, it'll be a great one for my CV. But quickly realised that the, the, the problems were a lot more deep rooted. A lot more deep rooted, you know. So. No, fair enough. Well, um, you're, you're, you're now at Blythe Spartans. How's that experience yeah. going for you so far? Well, it's it's been a tough time. start, it's isn't part, it? It's part-time football. Um, it's something completely different to me. The level's different. So it's me getting used to it. Uh, what there was, I'd lost 16 players by the time I took over because obviously that is a strong season last year, but 16 players left the club. So it's a brand wow. new rebuilding wow. job. But uh, when you do that... Um, and what I've done is, with because of limited budget, I use players from lower level, and some of them have found it quite difficult to step up to a higher level. So we've, we've quickly had to change one or two things around with personnel, and we're starting to get some players on board now with a bit of quality and have experience of the league, which is helping us a little bit. So we're starting to pick up performances and, and, and results. Good. are starting to get a little bit better now. We just uh, get a bit of consistency. Well, Leo, I wish you every 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 bit of luck. I really do, and I'll, I'll say thank you for all of those all of those things that you've you've done for Norwich that none of us knew. Selling us Nathan Redmond, for example, I never knew that. <laughs> Lee, um, obviously, it goes without saying you're speaking to to the Norwich City faithful right now. Do you have any sort of message for the Norwich fans that are listening? Just keep enjoying uh, the season, keep enjoying the good players, and is uh, is the, the Illinois on the Ball City? Good man. Cool. Blimey, you could do my job and finish this podcast. That's it. That is it for this podcast, Lee. Um, I just want to say uh, a huge thank you for choosing to share your story on Talk Norris City. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you've given this a five-star review. And we want to hear what you think of these audio-exclusive podcasts. Drop us a tweet at Talk Norris City so we can continue to deliver the best content possible. And as Lee Clark has already said, there's only one thing left to say on the Ball City.